Cut that shit, cut that shit. Mm, damn. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. It is King Known Uncensored. This is the Mock Draft 2021. I know y'all heard my Mock Draft um, last year. It was called, I think it was called The Day Of, The Day After, or whatever. But I'm going to just simply name this the Mock Draft of 2021. But first, we got to start at New Music Fridays, y'all. I know... It's a big subject on this platform here. And we're going to start off with New Music Fridays. The Fake Jam soundtrack came out. It's just like, God damn, homie. Get your own fucking movie, man. Hey, <laughs> yo, hey, yo, son. Niggas, niggas, niggas be biting this shit. You know, niggas be, be using your shit. Try to flip it and bounce it. Hey yo, hey yo, be original. <laughs> hey man, if you if you not a Wu Tang fan, you wouldn't get the reference. But anyway, the Fake Jams soundtrack came out, and um, it was everything that I thought it was. Like in my Dennis Green voice, they are who we thought they were. <laughs> It wasn't trash, though. I wasn't expecting trash, but I was expecting some sort of an effort. We all know, everybody that grew up in that era when Space Jam, the movie, and the soundtrack came out, we know the soundtrack is not even going to be close to the original. You want me to pull up the original soundtrack? <laughs> Y'all, I, I think I know the soundtrack off the top of my head. There isn't a song on there near Seals Fly Like an Eagle, okay? I think that's the first song that comes on. Then you had Coolio's solo song called The Winner. Then you had the Monstars anthem with, with Cypress Hill, Method Man, Coolio, motherfucking 
LL Cool J, Busta Rhymes. That was a crazy. Then you had that uh, Biz Marquis version of fucking That's the Way I Like It, Fire. Upside Down, Salt and Pepper, Fire. Monica, for you, I will. Come on. R. Kelly, I Believe I Can Fly was track one. My bad. I'm going all the way the fuck out of order. But I remember all the songs. And then R. Kelly had another song with Jay-Z and Changing Faces. I forgot the name of it. And then Bugs Bunny had a solo song written by Jay-Z. It was just like, that was like low-key. 96 was a breakthrough year for for the Jigga Man. And R. Kelly, too. I think it was just destiny for those guys to to uh, be on the same page. It's a, I know it's a song on there. Oh, yeah, D'Angelo, I Found My Smile Again. That was my favorite song on Space Jam soundtrack and shit. But just an all-around fire-ass soundtrack from top to bottom. But Fake Jam, um, it starts off right. I give it that. Like the little baby and Kirk Franklin song is fire, fire. Um, Control the world, twenty four golden and Little Wayne. That's that's a decent song. Joint with John Legend and Chance the Rapper and Simba was fire. But um, sw- shitty. I mean, uh, Sweetie's um hoop song. It falls kind of flat. You know, um, the only part I like was Cash Dolls. And no, that's not because I'm from Detroit. But look, Uzi, Squirt, leave Pump Up the Jam alone, bruh. Don't you ever touch nothing classic like that. You will never do anything classic like that in your motherfucking life, nigga. St. John and Scissor song was solid. John Legend's crowd go crazy sound like it was on a fucking... Underground Railroad slash Motown 25 ass. Oh, no, my brother, you got to get your own. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, The Dame Dollar track, White Dave, whoever the fuck that was, that nigga went crazy on that bitch. About that time where they uh flipped Too Short, Burn Rubber. That was okay. MVP Brockhampton tried to recreate Jump. Then Little Tech and Anime tried to create the Onyx Slam. It was just a bunch of failed attempts at some 90s covers. Just a lot of failed attempts at that. That's what brought down the overall value of the project. But there were some good moments. I mean... Joiner Lucas uh, Shoot My Shot was pretty good. My guy, Leon Bridges, whoever the fuck that was, he killed that shit. The best, Anthony Ramos, that was a good song. But other than that, it was average. <laughs> That's all I can really say about Fake Jam soundtrack. But uh, Snow Allegra, Temporary Highs in the Violet Skies. Great project. Great fucking project. Um, Tyler, the creator, appears twice, but the one that stood out to me was Neon Peach featuring Tyler, the creator. That song remind me of some Janet Jackson shit, boy. But in your eyes, I could tell that Pharrell and them produced it. I could tell by how she was singing, the beat. Um... Lost You was good. I mean, I like pretty much this whole project. There isn't anything. I mean, Dying For Your Love was great. I mean, I like 
damn near the whole thing. It's definitely a great R&B project by Snow Allegra. Vince Staples dropped a new album, a self-titled album. Um, it's pretty much a straight listen, man. It's Vince Staples is talking that shit, man. He's talking that shit, man. There isn't necessarily... I mean, I can say uh, The Shine... I know Taking Trips was my favorite song on here. Mm-hmm, it's dope. Little Fade is solid. Uh, Law of Averages was dope. Are you with that's fire? I mean, I like damn near the whole thing. The self-titled Vince Staples album definitely um, ranks top three in his catalog. Even though he's only really put out, like, I don't know, a couple of EPs and a couple of studio albums. More majority of the project is produced by Kenny Beats. And I like it. I mean, oh yeah, Take Me Home was dope too. What else came out? Styles P released his new album called Ghosting. Now, I haven't been fond of Styles and Sheik's solo albums that much. And I was starting to think, like, when I first heard the first half of the album, I was like, oh, no, this shit is about to be ass. Then after one of the skits, the album went in a great direction. Like, that whole second half was great. But yeah, man, Styles P's ghosting, pretty good project, especially the second half. I'm just saying, uh, I'm mad that all these fucking instrumentals with hooks are playing. But anyway, right? It's tough to pick the best song on here. That's how good it, the second half of that project was. I think Close to Me, Order in the Court, uh, On the Double was fire, See Myself was fire. Like, I like half this album. So I think that was all the music that came out today, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, uh, Boss debuted a new song called um, The Jackie featuring Lil TJ and J. Cole. I think Lil TJ should have never been on that fucking song. That's just me because I don't see how he's even popular, even in the Mecca where he's from of New York. Like, I don't see how this dude is popping. The nigga just ain't got doesn't really appeal. Not my cup of tea. Definitely fuck the momentum of the song up. But the song is enjoyable though. Especially the hook and Cole's bridge at the end. But let's move on, man. It's 30 fucking people I gotta review. So this will probably be a 50-minute audio. So if you're not into the NBA, you can cut this shit off. But number one overall pick, which the Detroit Pistons own, they should obviously select Kate Cunningham now I like his game um he he saw a lot of double teams I mean he averaged 20 a game in college shot 40 percent from three 43 percent 85 from the field 85 percent free throw shooting I mean he's a playmaker and you know his leadership gets a lot of hype 
and he's got some great three-point shooting. So from from the game scale, the the players that I can compare him to, I compare him to uh, Chauncey Billups, Grant Hill. He's a he's a he's a mix up of Chauncey Billups, Grant Hill, and Rip Hamilton all in one. And yes, I was able to use three Pistons to compare him to because why Billups leadership and the pull-up game and not to mention the passing ability grant hill why athleticism and height rip hamilton post game you know what i'm saying mid-range post game he can come off screens and hit shots i mean with our depth chart right now Kane cunningham is definitely the hole that needs to be filled at the two guard position because we would have a lineup of Hayes, Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant, and Mason Plumley. Just the perfect, perfect player that could take us to the play-in game, at least. At number two, the Houston Rockets own the pick. Oh, yeah, Kay Cunningham is a two-guard, by the way. I forgot to give away the position. But anyway... At number two, the Houston Rockets should select Jalen Green, y'all. Because right now, I mean, the starter for uh, the Houston Rockets is Avery Bradley. And uh, John Wall... I don't, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't even know if he's even come, coming back next year. But if they want to move on, Jalen Green would be the perfect fit with um, Kevin Porter Jr. At, at, at the two guard. Now, my comparison for... Um, Jalen Green is Derek Rose with James Harden's dribble moves. He reminds me of, of Derek Rose because he finishes well at the rim and then he's got the Harden step back and he's got unlimited range. You know, I just questioned him on the defensive end of the ball, but in all retrospect, in all reality, who the fuck plays defense in 2021? Number three, we're going through these pretty quick. At number three, the Cleveland Cavaliers should select Evan Mobley. Now, Evan Mobley may be only seven feet and 215 pounds, but I definitely believe in the NBA he'll be able to put it on some weight. But he offers a whole lot of skills. Like, he's already got a jumper, mid-range jumper, and a sometimey three-point shot. But he is an array, sir, ladies and gentlemen. He can block shots like Rudy Gobert, if not better, in my personal opinion. And he also has athleticism. Um, I compare him to a combination of Giannis Antifo-Negro and uh, Chris Bosh. 
because Chris Bosh had that mid-range game coming out of college already, and he developed that into a three-point shot later on. But Chris Bosh didn't have this level of defense coming out of the goddamn college. This nigga, Evan Mobley from USC, a center. He's supposed to be a center. But he probably could play some four. I mean, as far as Cleveland is concerned, um, Kevin Love is their current four, and and they're definitely looking to get rid of him. He'll easily insert himself into the starting lineup and probably play some four. To go with Jared Allen, you know what I'm saying? Because Evan Mobley can kind of stretch the four. At number four, the Toronto Raptors should select Jalen Suggs. Now, it ain't no ain't no telling where Kyle Lowry's going to go in free agency. And Fred Van Vliet can finally go back to his natural position. I mean, if Lowry does stay, Jalen Suggs and possibly... Uh, Malachi Flynn and Gary Trent Jr. would be definitely well-equipped to come off that bench. But Jalen Suggs has a great combination of offense and defense. It's just that he lacks a little bit of explosion. But you know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of Monte Ellis. He's got Monte Ellis scoring potential. And the good thing is he has defense attached to it. Monte Ellis wasn't known for his defense like that. But Jalen Suggs was. I mean, his team made it all the way to the national championship game. And him and Fred Van Vliet would be a great front court if Kyle Lowry decides to uh, leave. If not, he could be very serviceable off the bench. Number five, the Orlando Magic should go with the next best available. Jonathan Kaminga. Now, Jonathan Kaminga, I believe he uh, skipped college and went to the G League for a year. And um, in the post, he's pretty dangerous. I mean, I think he's listed as a small forward. He'll probably play power forward. He'll play the position that Aaron Gordon played in Orlando. He'll be a four. Now, he's got a nice little mid-range jumper, but he's lacking at three-point shots. He can work out of the post and score out of the post pretty well. And he's got some defense, not to mention athleticism out out of this world. This draft is dripping of athleticism. Guys that are explosive, guys that that can attack the basket with either layup packages or dunk packages. And um, Jonathan Kaminga, no disrespect to him, he does remind me of Stromile Swift. I don't know how uh, how far back y'all cats remember Stromile Swift. He uh, played for the Memphis Grizzlies back in the day, and he could just throw it down, and he could just dunk. But... I say he's Stromile Swift with handles because Jonathan Kaminga got some handles and he could get out in the open court and push the ball. And then he's also an underrated passer as well. So I think that the Orlando Magic need 
every player in this draft that they can get at this point. I mean, look at this roster. This shit is so decrepit. Cole Anthony, Gary Harris, Dwayne Bacon, James Ennis third, Wendell Carter Jr., R.J. Hampton, Terrace Ross, Mo Wagner, Mo Bamba. I mean, like, this and Markel Fultz, too. I forgot about him. I forgot they had Otto Porter Jr., too. Wow. Yeah, this team fucking sucks. So, I'm just saying, bruh, Orlando sucks, man. Like, they really need to get all the best available in the draft, because I don't think they're going to get anyone in free agency. Now, the next person on the board, Oklahoma City Thunder, they have a shitload of picks for the future. And who they should pick is Scotty Barnes. Now, even though I initially had him going to Golden State, I think that Oklahoma City just needs, they definitely need a four, a solid four. And Scotty Barnes is I view him, I compare him to Draymond Green and Sean Kemp rolled into one. Now, he is a defensive coordinator. He is like the Ray Lewis, uh, you know what I'm saying, in the middle linebacker, middle linebacking core. He's not the best shooter, but he can play some defense. And he's explosive in the open core. He got a little handle. He's Got a nice pass. He's he's energy. And his defense combined along with Lou Dort and Shea Gilgis Alexander, that would be welcoming, welcoming energy for this team. And here's a guy that could actually attack the basket. I mean, as of right now, you know, the lineup would be um, Walker, Gilgis Alexander, Alexei Pokashevsky and um, Scotty Barnes and um, Isaiah Roby. But yeah, Scotty Barnes just has that athleticism, the heart, and the motivation. He can be the defensive cog for the Oklahoma City Thunder that they need in the paint. Now, Scotty Barnes is a three, but he's definitely going to play the four in OKC. Number seven, the Golden State Warriors should select Moses Moody from the uh, Razorbacks, from the Arkansas Razorbacks. I didn't say who, uh, <laughs> what college these niggas went to. I mean, Jalen Suggs went to Gonzaga. Evan Mobley went to USC. Jalen Green skipped uh, college. And Kay Cunningham. I forgot what college he came from. Colorado. All right. So now let's move on to Moody from uh, Arkansas. Now, Moses Moody got a shot on him. Now, Golden State loves to use that motion. Now, from a technical standpoint, he's a two-guard. Him and Nico Mannion can come off the bench and shoot motherfuckers down. 
And the player that I compare him to is Kyle Lowry. He'll, here's why. He has that crazy shit shot like Kyle Lowry. He comes off the screen and shoots like Kyle Lowry. His, his main shot is from the top of the key like Lowry. And not to mention, he draws a lot of offensive fouls. And that type of heart could definitely help Golden State win a couple of games that they should have. I mean, from a technical standpoint, he's listed as a 6-6 wing. So that means he could play the two guard or the three. And, you know, Jordan Poole, I forgot about him. Like, they could come off the bench and run a small ball lineup here. Number eight. The Orlando Magic should select... Keon Johnson from the Tennessee, uh, what's their, the Volunteers, yeah, the Tennessee Volunteers. Now, Keon Johnson, he got a nice little shot on him, but he's got athleticism out of this world. His shot may be nice, but it's not consistent. And he has very poor shot selection. But he can defend the perimeter very well. But the way he attacks the basket is what stands out to me. And you know what I compare him to? I compare him to Ja Morant. He, he's a, a guard with explosiveness that can pass very well. He's very, he's very fast. And he can finish at the rim be a dunk or layup. And the Orlando Magic, as I mentioned before, need everything that they can get at every position. At SincereNaquari.com Industry Different and Amazing. Number nine. The Sacramento Kings should select Zaire Williams a 6'8 wing from Stanford, meaning that he'll probably play some stretch four and maybe some three. Now, Zaire Williams got athleticism out of this world. This dude can jump, can dunk, can play some defense. And he plays lockdown defense as well. Like, and he has the potential to create his own shot one day. And it's his size, man. That 6'8 frame with that wingspan. Dude is the truth. And he reminds me of Trevor Ariza with better passing ability. And he could come in and help Sacramento immediately because Sacramento ain't got shit to play for anyway. They ain't got no choice. Now, I do believe that he could come in and start immediately. But him and Buddy Hill will shoot some motherfucking shit down. Yeah, Zaire Williams is from Stanford. I believe that's where he's from. 
Yep. All right, number 10. The New Orleans Pelicans should select Jaden Springer, a 6'4 guard from the Tennessee Volunteers. Now, from what I saw with this dude, he's a 3 and D guy. He will lock up. Now, he doesn't have a handle yet. He doesn't have good handles. He doesn't necessarily... He's not a good shot creator. He's better off of the screen. But he'll lock down the other team's best player. And... I compare him to Marcus Smart. He's a successful 3 and D guy on Boston. And he has that release like him. He has that confidence like him. He just is not really much of a man of words. Number 11, Kai Jones. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets should select Kai Jones because he's a 6'11 forward from Texas. But if, he, if the Charlotte Hornets... Get draft him, he's probably going to be playing center. Can you imagine this kid who has a motor on him? He is fast as fuck, and every time he dunks, he screams like Kenyon Martin. That's the comp- the player that I compare him to, and he actually has a nice little decent jumper with him. He can pull out the jumper on you, and he's got a little bit of a handle for a 6'11 cat. But Kai Jones is definitely a selection that they need. He's athletic. He's loud. He's great off the pick and roll. And he just throws it down. I know to get down. And not to mention, he's a great offensive rebounder. He's good with putbacks. He's got a little defense on him, too. Because he's very versatile on the defensive end. He can play perimeter and interior defense as well. Charlotte would be foolish to pass up on Kai Jones. Because they definitely need a big center. Number 12. Now this is tough for me because I could really see them picking a foreign guy. Popovich has been known, you know, if they end up picking um, Josh Giddy or uh, Alperin Sengun, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. But right now, me personally, the need for San Antonio is Jalen Johnson. This kid went to Duke, played 10, 11 games, and dropped out. To declare for the NBA draft He said fuck that I think I'm ready for the NBA draft right now And um, He's got some defense He's most known for defense Not necessarily a great free throw shooter Not necessarily the A great shooter at all I think that He should play the four 
He's not really a good shooter at all. And San Antonio needs a forward to replace Rudy Gay or to start in place of Rudy Gay because Gay is getting up there in age. They got Keldon Johnson playing for, which is wild to me. Um, my player comparison is Ben Simmons if he was a man. Because Jalen Johnson definitely isn't afraid to shoot. Jalen Johnson can run the floor, play defense. He's got a decent little mid-range shot as well. He he definitely needs to be in the post, though. He's not the best ball handler in the draft either, but I think this will be a perfect fit to squeeze Dog in at that four position for San Antonio. Number 13, Trey, uh, the, uh, oh yeah, Jalen Johnson came from Duke. And Kai Jones came from, uh, Tennessee, not Tennessee, Texas. That's where that dude came from, Texas. All right, number 13. The Indiana Pacers should select Trey Mann. He's basically a a 6'5 guard from Florida. And um, he's got some game. He's got a lot of offensive talent. But he could possibly serve as a liability on the defensive end. Uh, My player comparison is Kimball Walker if he was tall. And he has the Zach Levine layup package. Now, I do worry that he lacks a lot of explosiveness. He doesn't necessarily have a large wingspan. So that could affect him on the defensive end, causing some elite handle players. He's not very strong either. He does turn over the ball a little bit. And it's kind of inconsistent on the defensive end. But Indiana definitely needs as much offense as they possibly can get at this point with TJ McConnell's impending free agency. Number 14, the Golden State Warriors should select Davion Mitchell from Baylor. He's a 6'2 guard, but my player comparison is Donovan Mitchell. He may not be as explosive as Mitchell, but he can go to the basket. He can finish well at the rim. He's got a nice little three-point shot on him. Definitely got a better shot than Mitchell. And, um, like, if you look at Davion Mitchell and Donovan Mitchell, it's like looking in the mirror as far as the game goes. And not to mention, he's got a nice handle. And he's a good playmaker, too. He's a great all-around player. He plays both sides of the ball. He can be a 3 and D guy. Golden State should really consider drafting him if he's still on the board by then. Because a combination of Moses Moody and Davion Mitchell coming off the bench, those would be the, the, the bench pieces right there to complete the fold for the Warriors. 
And then all they would have to do really is go get a big man. Number 15, the Washington Wizards should draft James Booknight. Now, he has, I think he's recovering from a hip injury or something. But James Booknight has some offensive skills, and he's very fucking explosive. He came from UConn, Connecticut. Now, he could be a little bit reckless with the ball. You know, he could he he has a lot of turnovers. I mean, Book Knight is something that the Wizards need. They need a spark at that guard position. I think he's, what, 6'5"? Him and Ish Smith in that backup backcourt. That would work because if Westbrook and Beal are coming back to play together next year... They're going to need some help off that bench because that's what they did not have. They didn't have consistency from their bench. I mean, he's got athleticism. He's got a little bit of defense. And he can shoot that ball. He can shoot that thing now. And then he can finish at the rim. And he can dunk. He'll rattle that fucking rim now. And my player comparison is... C.J. McCollum with defensive abilities. He's a little bit more explosive than C.J. McCollum, but as far as his handle, his shot, his shot selections, he likes to do a lot of isolation. Now, C.J. don't turn over the ball like Book Knight does, but um, James Book Knight would be perfect for the Wizards and to have Russell Westbrook as a mentor. Damn, I'm at 40 minutes. This is going to be a record, y'all. I'm going to try to speed this up. Um, The Oklahoma City Thunder at number 16 should select Josh Christopher. Josh Christopher has a shot on him and is an underrated playmaker from Arizona State. Now, I compare him to Nick Young because he he never met a shot that he don't like. That motherfucker has the same release as Nick Young. Like, Duke can play. Now, his only flaw is the defensive side of the the ball. That's the only problem with him. But other than that, yeah, I compare him to Nick Young. Number 17, the Memphis Grizzlies should select Josh Giddy from Australia. I believe that's where he's from. Um, His game reminds me of a tall Ricky Rubio. 
He's 6'8", but he's slow as molasses, and he is a good passer. But my concern with him is he is not good from any part of the field. He can't shoot the ball very well. He's going to have to improve his shooting if he's going to keep his job in Memphis behind Ja Morant and Grayson Allen. Number 18, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Once again, y'all, this is like, what, their third pick? Oklahoma City should select Bones Highland from VCU. Um, He's a 6'3 guard. He's probably a top three shooter in this whole draft. Because that dude is instant offense. And I think with his wingspan, his wingspan is 6'8", 6'9". And he could defend really well. His only flaw is really just his size. You know, he's he's not... He's, he's definitely a buck something. You know, that's why they call him Bone Thailand. But he's one of the best shooters off the screen. He's a set shot shooter. He can shoot off the dribble. And he can finish well at the rim. And he's very athletic for his size. And can defend. So... Oklahoma City would get a steal right here at number 18 in Bones Highland. Especially with Scotty Barnes, them getting him, Josh Christopher, then you get Bones Highland. Now that's three positions off the bench locked down. Now my player comparison is Kimball Walker with Dame range and wingspan. Number 19, the New York Knicks should select Corey Kispert from Gonzaga. Now, this is arguably, I'd say, maybe the best shooter in the whole entire draft. He, he shoots it with confidence. He shoots it off the screen. He can cut to the basket very good. And he's a little bit underrated as far as his explosiveness. I only worry about him on the defensive side of the ball. That white boy is going to get dunked on a couple of times. But Corey Kispert would be perfect off of the New York Knicks bench. The New York Knicks definitely need some help off that bench because there are a lot of lapses in the playoffs where if you took Julius Randle out the game and you put the bench in, Derrick Rose would be doing all the fucking work. Rose would not get the help that he needed. And my player comparison is a combination of Rex Chapman and Kyle Korver. Number 20, the Atlanta Hawks should select Cam Thomas from LSU. Um, Cam Thomas is somebody who's lethal off of screens and pull-ups. Now, he doesn't have the defense that Michael Red had. His, his defense is in question because of his size. But Cam Thomas got a cannon. He could shoot that bitch like Michael Red. Number 21. The New York Knicks should select Jared Butler from um, Baylor. Jared Butler is another one of those 3 and D type of guys. Like, he's got a shot on him, and he can defend anyone. But as far as offensively it goes, my player comparison is Tim Hardaway Jr. Because he can get hot in a hurry. Number 22, the Los Angeles Lakers should select Sharif Cooper. From Auburn, a 6'1 guard. 
Now, the Lakers are going to have a hole at that point guard position, and Sharif Cooper is one of the most unselfish players in this year's draft. Now, the problem is, you know, he doesn't have a jumper. Although he can drive it to the basket well, that's about all he's good for. Doesn't have a mid-range or a three-point shot, which is something that you need in this league. Now, I can see the Lakers sending him to the G League. But my player comparison is Rajon Rondo with less defense. He has to work on his defensive abilities as well. But he has a lot of potential, and I don't think that the Lakers should give up on him. Number 23, the Houston Rockets should select Franz Wagner from Michigan. Now, this dude can run the floor. He's really fast for a 6'9 cat. He's got a nice little jumper on him. Now, you know, the only thing that bothers me about him is he doesn't have any handles. But that's okay, though. That's not what he will be asked to do. In Houston, he would just be asked to be himself. Now, my player comparison is Andre Karolinko with a way better three-point shot because he can defend perimeter and interior. And he's a little bit oversized for that position. He'd probably be playing small forward for the Rockets. Number 24. The Houston Rockets should select Alperin Sengun. I forgot what country he's from. No, it's Alperin Sengun. Sengun, I mean. Oh, he's from Turkey. Okay. Um... I couldn't really find a real comparison, so I picked Chris Birdman Anderson minus the defensive prowess and more skill. I know y'all remember Birdman from the Miami Heat and the Charlotte Hornets and the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, I've seen this dude's draft tape, and all it is is him dunking on niggas. He was just dunking on niggas, bro. Like, and he's pretty fast for a, a, a guy that's supposed to be in the middle. Now, they're trying to make him into this power forward that shoots jump shots. And that's not his game. His game is the post game and the open floor. And he's a pretty decent shot blocker as well. But he doesn't have the defensive uh, prowess that Birdman Anderson had. But he has the explosiveness to finish over people. Um, number 25, the uh, L.A. Clippers should select Chris Duarte from Oregon. Now, this dude is a pure shooter. He's dangerous off the screen. Now, he's not a shot creator like that. And he has a little bit of defense. But my player comparison is J.J. Redick. Like, the Clippers, him and Luke Kennard, I mean, from a technical standpoint, he's really a two-guard, but he's going to be playing at the one position, and the Clippers definitely need somebody to step in and start at the point guard position. It can't be Reggie or Patrick Beverly anymore. They need a legitimate one, and that would be Chris Duarte from Oregon. 
Number 26, the Denver Nuggets should select Trey Murphy III from Virginia. Now, he is another 3 and D guy that can help the Denver Nuggets and could spare Michael Porter Jr. some minutes. Now, they're definitely thin at that two position after trading Gary Harris. And Jamal Murray, if he stays, uh, needs a running mate in that front court. Will Barton is more serviceable off the bench. But um, he reminds me, my player comparison is um, DeAndre Hunter with a better three-point shot. But anyway, let me see. Where am I at? 49 minutes? All right, cool. I'm trying not to break the 60-minute mark. I don't want to do it part two. But yes, Trey Murphy reminds me of DeAndre Hunter from the Atlanta Hawks with a way better three and just, just as good defense as DeAndre Hunter. Number 27, the Brooklyn Nets should select Usman Garuba. Um, I forgot where he's from. Let me go back to that page. I know he's from overseas. Obviously, you can tell by the name Usman. Um, oh, he's from Spain. He's a forward center. And this is the type of player that the Brooklyn Nets would go after. They don't like centers because they didn't play DeAndre Jordan. They barely played Nicholas Claxton. Him and Nicholas Claxton off that Brooklyn bench would be crazy. Um... My player comparison is Mo Harkless because he's got defense. He can steal the ball, he can defend, and he's got interior defense. And he's very quick and fast. This is this draft is so athletic, and he can finish well with the best of them. He just doesn't have a jump shot, which is fine, but that would not be his requirement to develop one in Brooklyn. He would just play the paint. Number 28. The Philadelphia 76ers should select Rocco Prakasin. Now, he's another overseas guy. I wouldn't be surprised if San Antonio actually went after this guy. I'm trying to figure out where he's from right now. Um... It's not showing where he's from. Oh, fuck it. Croatia. Okay, finally. God damn. He's from Croatia. Croatia's produced a lot of legendary players. 
Um, my player comparison, just a fat ass version of Luka Doncic. Like if Luka Doncic was out of shape, but still had the skill and ability. Now he needs a better handle. Luka got way better handles than him. But um, he's got the Luka step back, finishes well at the rim. Defense is kind of questionable. But that will come with time. Number 29, the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns should select Isaiah Jackson. Now, he is a 6'10 power forward slash center that gives me uh, JaVale McGee and DeAndre Jordan vibes. He can finish well at the rim. He can rebound well and is a decent shot blocker. But his only problem is he gets into foul trouble a lot, and he's going to have to improve on that once he gets to the league. Now, last but not least, the number 30 overall pick, the Utah Dash should select B.J. Boston from Kentucky. Now, he failed this far because when he came out of high school, he was projected to be a number one pick. But Brandon Boston um, Jr. just didn't have a breakout season at Kentucky, but he has showcased a lot of potential he's a decent defender and uh, my player comparison is he does remind me of Brandon Ingram by the way that he moves the way that he shoots his shots Um, he just needs to improve a little bit more on the defensive end but that's my show for tonight Um, I know it's very long but this is for my People who pay attention to the NBA mock drafts. So this is King Known Uncensored, NBA Mock Draft 2021, and I'm out of here.